Hey everyone, feeling the mythology apology postseason blues? <laughs> well, don't worry, as we have a special episode for you. On the 19th of July 2021, I had the honour of being a guest on the Cloak and Dagger podcast, a show which explores in depth various assassinations throughout history and hosted by the wonderful Will Davis Coleman and Patrick Courtney. I got to talk about the life and untimely end of Philip II of Macedon, father of the legendary Alexander the Great. There will be a link to the Cloak and Dagger podcast in this episode's description if you want to go and check them out. And I highly recommend it as these guys are awesome. They do a great job on this show. Uh, we had a ball recording this and we hope you enjoy it too. Hello and welcome back to the Cloak and Dagger podcast to a another bonus episode that we're doing, a sweet collab. I am joined, as ever, by Will. Hi, Will. Hey, Pat. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm really good because it's just, it is a bit weird for me, and I think it's going to be kind of confusing because we are joined by another Patrick, by Patrick from uh, Little History Podcast. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going great. It will be it will be weird with the names, with the Patricks, but I'm sure we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we could, we could try and point, but all on, like, we're all more like FaceTime, so it doesn't really help pointing at all. Yeah, we don't know where we all are compared to each other, so I'll be pointing at the wrong yeah, Patrick, yeah. and so it'll be all over the place. It's going to be fun. She'll yeah. be right. Um, we should also say this is this is a pretty trans. I was going to say transatlantic. That's not right. Trans, just world, just global, mate. Recording yeah. on almost opposite sides of the world. Trans global. Yeah, mean, it's pretty much. Pretty, pretty modern way of recording this. We are on entirely different time zones, entirely different days. Is one of us in the future? I can't remember how this It works. is. Yeah. I'm, I'm speaking to you from the future. 6.14 yeah. in the a.m. And it's, what, 9.14 p.m. the day before for you guys? It absolutely yeah. is, yeah. Something like that. I can tell you right now, the future is bright. So <laughs> you guys don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> oh, good, good. <laughs> good. It hasn't ended yet. That's pretty good to know. So, yeah. So, Patrick, uh, do you want to tell us a bit about your podcast? Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, I'm Patrick. I am... Uh, the host of a little history podcast, and uh, I guess we basically look at history uh, a little a little differently to say the the general narratives. I sort of got into it thinking I wasn't originally thinking about mythology to begin with, but I thought, oh, how do the what's the I guess the earliest stories that we told each other, and I thought let's just have it sound most of all like it's ha- like we're having a beer down at the pub, and um, just to <laughs> sort of and just with a bit of banter and all that because I found that um, I think growing up. I, I there was parts of me that was really interested in history, but I didn't. I wasn't super appreciative of the way it was presented. Like a lot of it, especially history, a lot of history teachers sounded like they were just reading out of a textbook. Yeah, I was like, there's a yeah. lot more color and and vividness to human history, and especially the way we tell stories. I was like, well, let's have a different take on it and uh, do a lot of shit talking as well. So. And then we have a little history podcast now. That's the thing. I think that's what uh, really drew me to your podcast was like it was told through like the stories that we have been telling. So it's still a, it's it's more like it's better than the history textbook history because you're telling it through like how we've always communicated as like humans. Like it's more visceral. And I love that. And also oh, because it's actually you. less it's less highbrow, like so much of history, especially here, like the BBC documentaries you watch, David Starkey, that kind of thing. Like, it's so mm, like, mm. oh, you have to go to Cambridge in order to be, you know, to yeah. talk about this stuff. And it's like, that's not history. We all have history. So, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a sad thing when so many people miss out on all these cool stories just because 
they don't want to read like a history textbook or just listen to someone drone on about it. And, and there's so much to talk about. Oh, definitely. So you can, just, you can get away with doing it. Yeah, so listeners, if you're listening and you're looking for something a bit like ours, but funnier for sure, go check out yeah, a little history funnier. podcast because seriously, it is really, really good. And especially if you like mythology. Oh, thank you very much, guys. I think you're cutting yourself short with the... Uh... The much funnier than yourselves. You're you're quite a funny bunch. So don't don't oh, don't cut yourself it. short on oh, that one. Oh, stop! All of that English humility. We're not going to take it. We're not going to take it. <laughs> so, uh, like our last club, we will be handing over the reins to to you, Patrick. And I think you've got a cool story for us. Uh, an assassination of sorts. I hope so. This is an assassination podcast. So hopefully, I bring the goods. <laughs> some, some, someone, at least somebody's got to die. That's for sure. Well, well that's, it, it, it it's comes history. with the territory, everyone, yeah. <laughs> everyone dies at some point in history. I mean, it's it's it was a really good idea for us to do because we realised <laughs> early on, any time in history, there's someone trying. I think as long as there's two people in the world, someone's going to be wanting someone else killed. So exactly. For today, I'm going to be doing uh, an assassination of Philip II of Macedon. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we're going back to ancient Greece and uh, the year 336 BCE um, and then the place in the town of Agi, so like modern Virginia in northern Greece. So not Virginia. Uh, it's a little <laughs> bit more uh, more, Greek, more Greek than that. <laughs> I was going to say. Bergena, I think we'll call it. <laughs> that's pretty cool because that's kind of around, it'll be, ju- I guess, just a bit before. Yeah, because... BC dates work backwards, but a bit before <laughs> our Vishakanya episode. Yeah, it's really contemporary to that. Yeah, oh, yeah. brilliant, brilliant. Now, um, so I'll, I'll I'll go on. So with the victim of or the victim of this assassination, as I said, was a fellow by the name of Philip II, and if that rings a bell, that's because he's the father of uh, one of history's most famous figures, being Alexander the Third or Alexander the Great, as most of us refer to him, uh, you know, no on way. account of the tremendous feats of that guy. And his army achieved. Nice. Should I have known? I probably should have known this, given that I researched assassinations right around <laughs> Alexander the Great, and I didn't realise that his dad was assassinated. Oh, in spectacular fashion. But I think, especially, or at least in Australia, and I'm sure it is probably the same way over there in the UK, is growing up, if you learn anything about this period, it was always Alexander the Great. That's what you heard. Mm. Oh, he conquered the Persian Empire and all that stuff. And I was like, wait a second. When when I got into secondary and then and then my uni um, education and studies and all that, I was like, "Hang on, this Philip guy is amazing. Like he's 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 a huge it's, huge yeah, figure." Yeah, I've heard about this. Like how he's like not as obviously well known, but he's kind of he without him, Alexander the Great wouldn't have been able to leave Greece because it wasn't so stable and or Macedonia. Sorry, you know he wouldn't have yeah. made it across. From what I know, I don't Abs- know. Absolutely. Well, it was when uh, episode that you guys did on Shaka Zulu and um. And his assassination in sort of the comparisons that you guys had made with both he and Genghis Khan, I'd definitely mm. put Philip in, in that category because like Genghis and, um, and Shaka, he basically transformed the Macedonian state into what it needed to be. He basically tuned it up and made it the juggernaut that it was when Alexander <laughs> took it away. So he's like, thanks, Dad. Really? Thanks, for, thanks for getting me my army and, and my stable state and my money. Wow, so all of Alexander the Great's achievements have kind of on off the back of his dad's achievements. It's all just standing on the shoulders of giants, really. It wasn't necessarily like a rich preppy kid who just like went on, went on got his trust <laughs> fund and then went off and conquered, the, conquered oh, an, that's, an, an that's empire. E- 
that's all I'm going to imagine Alexander the Great is now. <laughs> like he's but just he was, yeah. that kind of really annoying, you know, he's rolling around in his dad's, I guess, chariot would be at that time. Um, uh, yeah, was d- yeah, definitely something like that. I think it was the case of like, you've got the great figures in history and then you've got occasionally this, the, the, the sons or the daughters of that of the first great figure is also like great or better. And so the world's just like, ah, shit, we, <laughs> we've got two in a row. <laughs> We can't think of both of them at the same time. Come on. Yeah. Exactly. Who did more? Yeah. Oh, we'll talk to the we'll talk about the, the young kid that got romanticized. Yeah, yeah, he's he's better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean if you're named if you get if you get the name the great, you're gonna get remembered a bit more, aren't you? So. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now it's a bit of a tale, so I'll sort of bring you through uh Philip's upbringing and kind of his career and what brought us to the point of of stabby time. And it'll become very apparent to you guys and your listeners as well, hopefully, that it's very much just like, oh, a bit of a conspiracy because you're like, there's a lot of people that wanted this guy dead or or at least would have profited from it. So Yeah, okay, brilliant. So Philip was born in 382 BCE in, in Macedonia. And at that time, Macedonia was not the, uh, or Macedon wasn't the, the, the juggernaut or didn't possess the juggernaut army or even the infrastructure that it was sort of, that it did at the time of his of his passing, so it says a lot about Philip. Mm. It was a rather small and troubled region. Uh, a lot of the Greek world tend to think of them as bar- being barbarians and just like rough and just like oh, we drink and we drink and fight and fuck <laughs> and that's all we do because we're Macedon. <laughs> that's that's it. Um, and due to the, they were pretty troubled as well because their borders because they were constantly warring with their neighbours. And uh, the problem as well with any any nation or any state or any community was the uh, instability of their leadership. They were either being assassinated usurped by family members or other nobles killed in battle or killed on on hunts like just going on like hunting animals so like but that's you could say that about most ancient rulers i guess like that's got to be one of the main that's ways to be go there. down yeah 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 people back then were dying from like a broken ankle so you know you can't expect that much yeah. long-term governance really i mean people if they got exactly. past like 40 it's probably pretty impressive talk about having to grab life by the bollocks you know yeah, yeah. If you get add to a lion, you, you're feeling pretty good. That, but a lot better than the bloke who sprained his ankle, and just yeah. Yeah. and some weird. Well, you tell you tell like people up. you tell people you you died for hunting a lion. You don't tell them about the broken yeah. broken ankle, or you get your kids to tell them. You know, yeah. Don't tell that. I was story. like, what about the ankle there? Because oh, the lion stepped on it. It was a big lion. It was a huge yeah. lion. Like, huge. <laughs> it's this big. Can... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you guys wouldn't believe how big this lion was. He goes, no, we don't believe it actually. <laughs> yeah. Now, Philip's uh, father, King Amnitus, uh, he had his hands a little bit full, obviously being a troubled region, uh, but he got forced out of, out of power two times already and, and almost got like ousted a third. So he had a bit of trouble holding his own throne. And, uh, you know, he did also have trouble with the Trebillion and Thracian peoples who were also like, hey, we want to fight with you and, and take, you, take your stuff. But um, apart from that, Amatus's biggest headache was the group of people on the, the neighboring western borders of Macedon, the Illyrians. A massive headache being that the Illyrians actually invaded Macedon and, um, and drove him out of, out of his, essentially his home for a while. So, oh, right. Yeah, wow. he's, he's, he's got it rough. But he's also got a son-in-law by the name of Ptolemy, who's also been plotting against him, along with Amatus's wife, uh, Euricide, who uh, apparently, according to the histories, uh, had a crack at assassinating Amnitus, uh, was fo- but was foiled. Um, mm. I don't oh. know how much I believe it. Any time you've got a woman 
uh, being like, oh, she was definitely in on the plot. She tried to kill the ruler. Usually it's the the, the ancient historians who most of them were blokes are just like, oh, women, oh, they, they're oh, definitely the evil ones. Can't <laughs> yeah. live with them, and can't live without them yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Can't, can't believe she wants to exercise some agency. Oh, no, oh, she's oh, crazy. Naughty, naughty, she, yeah. She <laughs> must be evil, yeah. She's exactly. a witch. Oh, she's definitely... A, Everyone's like, oh, she's irrational because she's a woman. So, oh, watch out. <laughs> You're like, oh, come yeah. on, guys. She probably didn't have anything to do attacking with Attacking a man? <laughs> Preposterous. This can't be. She must Inconceivable. be evil. <laughs> that goes That's why the Vita No. Yeah, it's like why the Vita Kanya was so terrifying because the men were like, no, they're actually going to kill us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's why, uh, why in, throughout Greek mythology, you talk about the Amazons because they were so just like, they were warrior women who would just like freak the shit out of the Greek, out of Greek men because they were so <laughs> not what... Uh, what a what a what a what a female what a woman was was meant to do in society. So it was almost like, oh, you better behave yourselves, or the Amazons will get you because they're they're completely different. Everyone's like, oh, yep, yeah, we'll we'll do we'll do whatever. <laughs> just do, get us away from the Amazons. Ancient Greece was just like full of insecure men for like centuries. It probably still is. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably you could probably uh, say that for most of history, you know, throughout the world. Oh, yeah, a lot of insecure men, a lot of yeah, insecure yeah. white men now. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> Yeah, but um, I should say at this point that the it's just like the kingship of Macedon wasn't like the absolute monarchy that you'd sort of think of when you think of a king or a queen. Um, it's more so like a um like a fellowship of of aristocrats. All the richest blokes get together, and it's like uh, the first among equals of that ruling class. Okay. Um, so it's yeah, but it does it did pass down heretically a lot. Um. So, but it, it's, it was rather tenuous as well. Like if you weren't good enough at being or holding your position as the king, as Amnitus found, you're going to likely be pushed out by someone who's just a little bit stronger. And so Ptolemy's got his, uh, got his, got his way of doing that, I guess. Um, but a good thing for Amnitus is he, he dies, but it doesn't seem like he's died in battle or was assassinated or anything like that. Just looks like he died from old age, but yeah, so go, Amethyst. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, well done. Uh, you survived the Cloak and Dagger podcast without having to have throat slits. Although I, I think that might be a broken ankle. I think that's... It might be, yeah. I think that's his historians like covering up something really dumb. Oh, there's, or yeah, maybe there's some line stress. out there doing a revisionist history of it. He's like, mate, I'm going to bring this to life for people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm. So... So at this point, um, Philip's uh, brother this is going to get confusing. By the name Alexander II, he comes to power, right. and the Illyrians are like, "All right, boys. So we've just decimated your lands, uh, but we'll bugger off if you give us like a big tribute, like a big payment, uh, just to head back home. You'll be right." And so, with a ton of gold, Alexander he gives his young brother uh, Philip, by the name of Philip, who's about eleven or twelve at this stage over to the Illyrians as a hostage uh, to, just to ensure that you know the Macedonians don't renege on the deal. Um, oh, and we'll see that thanks, this becomes brother. a bit of a trend for Philip. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, do you want to keep make sure my kingdom's safe? He's like, yeah, sure, mate. I'm only 11 or 12, but all right. Just sends, yeah, just whatever sends you him say. <laughs> yeah. Right, so it's not boarding school for you, but we've got something better. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Now, the thing about like the host, it's, it, it, is, it is a hostage situation, but it's uh, because he's royalty... It's like okay, you get to go hang out with the uh, the rich people in Illyria, and uh, and just hang out in the court there. So like you you're under house arrest kind of, but 
you know, you get to have a good education. You get to get, you get to get whatever's happening in the courts of Illyria as well. So he was gets treated Illyria pretty well. Quite a, was Illyria quite a big state, like a quite a wealthy state, like very? Was it bigger than uh, Macedonia? It was. It, it, kind it of was. I think it was ge- geographically a bigger realm, but they were just they were one of those societies that were all about fighting as well. Like there is culture uh. to it as well. They they weren't just like smash time and stuff like that, but they were. <laughs> They were pretty, they weren't nomadic, but they were very warsome. So they were like, we just want to kind of, uh, not rape and pillage, but definitely just like border jump for a bit, fight you off, get some gold <laughs> and then go home. So uh, gotcha. A bit more like raiders as opposed to like a conquering like enemy yeah, state. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. the weird thing was like a lot of the places in like around this part of the world being like the Greek mainland is they, like war and conquest wasn't a super massive thing in terms of territorial conquest. It was more like we're going to go and duke it out. And whoever is the more valiant, whoever wins, the other bloke gets uh, has to give him all the, um, you know, a bunch of gold and and and, and all that. But also they gain, they look to gain um, uh, cultural and intellectual and economic influence over the their regions. So instead oh. of because you know to con to conquer people's lands costs a lot of money to upkeep and all that, they're like, why don't we just get the money outright from beating your ass, and then you guys set us up with some good <laughs> trade deals. And, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. we get to use your ports. We'll we'll install like puppet governments to make sure that everyone's pro us, and and so there's no like revolts and stuff like that. It was very much like a um, almost like a loose confederation of people of a lot of people who weren't particularly keen on being part of it. It sounds like um a little bit like the 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 ceremonial wars of the Zulu peoples before Shaka changed it to being yeah. a complete death cult, where they did that definitely sort of like, definitely, <clears throat> where you just traded a few cows, you did a bit of a dance. And then you know you kind of just got on got on with it. Uh, it's just interesting yeah, that yeah. I didn't know that that was going on up there. That's really cool. Well, it was like a lot less like there's less known around like Illyria and like that Macedonian like northern Greece than there is in the south. But like every single or most uh, of the, every single city or polis as they were called like had their own um, you know strong traditions. So it was more like oh we don't want to absolutely crush the traditions of the people because that you know doesn't end well normally as a um mm. as a conquering force or anything like that it was more like we're just going to incorporate um them they can still essentially still operate autonomously but sure. uh they're going to be under the under the influence or under the influence of whoever it is that's you know the strongest i guess gotcha. yeah okay gotcha yeah, cool. yeah, yeah but make sure to get them in the comments as well guys in case i completely got that wrong but it wouldn't be the first time. That's <laughs> all yeah. good. The mistakes uh, we must have made yeah. over the time. Yeah, <laughs> we're blindly <laughs> trusting your your knowledge in this. So, I think. oh yeah, well, well, this, well, this will be fun. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so uh, anyway, with Philip um, being a hostage now with the Illyrians, uh, his brother Alexander now is like uh, trying to exercise some of that influence or expand that influence that we're talking about uh, into Thessaly. Uh, sorry, uh, Thessaly, which is like to the south. But he manages to get himself into a war with the mighty city-state of, state of Thebes, if you guys, um, oh, if that, yeah, name, yeah, that name rings a bell. Mm. So at this point, they're pretty, um, they, they've become uh, the predominant sort of, they, they've become the major military power <clears throat> in Greece. Um, and the, the only way for Alexander II to actually achieve, you know, peace with the Thebans was... You guessed it. We're sending Philip down as a hostage to Thebes now, so he's just being transferred. <laughs> down so he's there. just basically going um, on a gap year. He's just going to like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna go to Illyria, then I'm gonna go down to Thessaly or Thebes. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just gonna go down to Greece for a, for a summer trip. Yeah, <laughs> a, little, yeah. a little gap year. 
<laughs> get yeah, some yeah. sun. They, yeah, I, I mean, I know I'm a hostage, but I'm really going to take my time. And get it's to like know a foreign exchange student. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because he uh, obviously being, you know, no, nobility, being a, being this, uh, the brother of the king, he sent to stay at a, a famous Theban politician's name uh, or place by the name of Pemenes or Pemenes, um, who was great mates with a very famous general of the time called, I'm going to butcher this name, uh, a pa- oh, sorry, a papi, a pap. Jesus, Louise. <laughs> a Pamimendos. No, a Paminon. A Paminondas. There we go. A Paminondas. Woo! Need another coffee. Nice yeah, one. Yeah. Got it. A Pamimondas. Yep. A Pamimondas. So I didn't know who this guy was, like, for the longest time, but he was the general that led the famous Theban victory against, uh, you know, uh, which which effectively broke the influence of 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 Sparta or the Lacom, Lacedaemonians, which is the sort of the people of Sparta. So wow. uh, there was a famous famous battle called the Battle of Leuctra, which I'm sure is like a footnote in a lot of the listeners' uh, memories from from school. They go, "Oh, Leuctra, that's the battle where Sparta got defeated and pretty much never came back as being you know the uh, beefy really? guys that we we thought oh, of." Oh shit! So yeah, yeah. Sparta's last stand sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Epimen- Epiminondas, God damn it. He uh, he was the ge- he was the general that led that basically got that victory going. So that made Thebes be the 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 dominant military land power of Greece, and they were like, yeah, we're 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 pretty boss now. So Philip, a um, younger Philip, he's in his like early teens, more mid teens. He's hanging out with this famous general, and you know all the movers and shakers in Thebes. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's getting a bit of a super good ed- education. And the um, networking. Yeah, I'm sure. The networking involved in this. <laughs> I know. I know. So he, he gets to he gets to learn the inner workings of, of the Theban court, both um, both military, social, political makeup, economics. Uh, just the way that, you know, the city the the Greek city states of the south, how they operated. So I can't imagine this is going to come back to bite the Thebans and the rest of the Greek world later on. Uh, can't imagine how that could be. So that's, that's a, that's a great, love it. That's a great tip <laughs> if you take a hostage is you know teach them really bad stuff. Like teach them this what? is this this is how we run our country. Yeah, this is definitely yeah. how we run our country. You know what we do? Oh, not not advanced economics. Now we finger paint. You should do finger painting <laughs> yeah, for a while, yeah, yeah. Though, Philip. <laughs> it's really essential to like the military's morale to be finger painting the entire time. Really get into exactly. that sort we, of element of culture. We like to go back to our roots. You know, all the way back in the Stone Age. That's really our vibe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who even needs metal weapons? Let's just use rocks. I what think is, that's just what a is bronze? <laughs> Who cares about bronze? Yeah. You know, when you get a good strong rock. <laughs> But yeah, they didn't like, do that. Oh, they, they actually... It sounds like third place, guys. Let's just let's just do some arts and craft, and we'll be we'll be chill. <laughs> yeah. But I see. Yeah. So they didn't do that. They taught they taught them all really useful stuff. I'm assuming. Or yeah, they gave them a lot them of tips. Stuff. A lot of yeah, tips. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so at this point, uh, while Philip is a, a hostage in Thebes, his brother, um, the king, unfortunately finds himself assassinated by uh, that pesky Ptolemy. Um, who then places Philip's older brother, who's just a year older than uh, than Philip, by the name of Perdiccas, Perdiccas III. Uh, he places him on the throne and then sort of acts as a bit of a regent um, whilst right. Philip is still a hostage in Thebes. So, oh uh, mm. yeah. Um, and, but it doesn't seem that per- Perdiccas was particularly fond of Ptolemy because as soon as the young king sort of got to an age where he was allowed to rule in his own right, he just had Ptolemy killed. He was like, you <laughs> killed my brother, I'm not a fan. There you go. <laughs> um, Good for even him. Though, even though Ptolemy put him yeah. on the throne, 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So well, you you uh, think yeah. that Ptolemy's like I'm going to rule as a regent as long as I can, and then, but you th- yeah, but until like d- and and then he might try to nestle his or nestle his way into the the top job for for good, but yeah, it didn't Turns work. Perdicat had ideas of his own. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good. <Perdicat. clears throat> Did you say so? Perdicat is uh is Philip's older brother. Yeah, by about a year. So right, Perdicat right, right. by this point you think is around about maybe sixteen, fifteen, sixteen. And okay, uh, Philip's, okay. you know, 13, 14 at this point, or around about that point. The dates are a little bit strange, but it gets a little bit clearer. They're plenty yeah, old enough history, to run a kingdom. That's history's easy. History's fine. <laughs> exactly. His balls are dropping. Testosterone's there. He's, yeah. he's going yeah. to be good. He's going to be He's going to be an insecure man ruling a kingdom any day now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Recipe for Joffrey Baratheon right there. Yeah. Um, exactly. That's all good. Yeah, so Philip, uh, in his late teens by now, he's able to return to the court of his brother at Macedon, um, and he brought with him all the knowledge that he's that he's acquired down from the Thebans. So good on them for for loading him up with all the smarts. Um, <laughs> and it seems like Perdiccas and Philip actually got on pretty well as uh, as siblings, which doesn't always happen with the royalties. Um, they they were actually pretty happy, and and they ruled Macedon pretty pretty well. Like Perdiccas was pretty wily as a uh, as a political maneuver. And uh, as we'll see, Philip gets that way as well. But Philip was pretty, he brought all the, uh, all the knowledge he'd gained, he'd gained in Thebes uh, and, and, and brought it to bear for Macedon. So that was pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah, that is cool. Um, and with that, Perdiccas was able to expand his influence again and gain control over a very important and reoccurring city called Amphipolis, uh, which is like which was a, a major city. It connected the roads from Macedon to Thrace and uh, also the river Stymon, but also had access to, to rich uh, forests uh, for timber, for shipbuilding and stuff like that. And yeah. uh, more, probably most importantly, there was like gold and silver mines there. So like a lot of lot of money to be gained if you held influence over Amphipolis. So as yeah, important city, uh, and it was very important to the Athenians uh, because they were you know, mm-hmm. the the predominant, the, the basically the major naval power of the, of that time. The Athenian Empire was was huge and 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 very interconnected with the Greek world and outside of that. And they weren't too thrilled uh, that Amphipolis had gotten taken over, in effect, by Macedon. And so, mm. yeah, they weren't particularly happy. Um, and because the money that Macedon raised uh, from that would be able to, you know, fund armies, um, but also would um, disrupt the sea trade, which Athens pretty much had less, a stranglehold on in that region. So Perdiccas was super excited to get Amphipolis and control that. Um, mm. and, with the yeah. knowledge, and with the knowledge and all that, he was able to... Um, to uh, he, he went through like all these public works in Macedon as well to improve the economy, the toll systems, and also just, like, just making things better because more money was coming into Macedon. So, yeah, but nice. unfortunately, yeah, the, the good times Northerners weren't anymore. to last. Exactly, yeah, they're starting to shave. <laughs> they can, or at least, you know... They've probably still got a bit of hair there, but at least they, they're cultivating their beards. They're, they're <laughs> yeah, getting the beard oil in. They can nice. afford to, to make yeah. beard oil now. <laughs> yeah. It's a refined wild look now, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they're like they're sort of indie wild, wild man now. with gel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're starting to twirl their moustaches a bit, you know, kind of get that kind of trendier look. Got the Doc Martens. <laughs> oh, no, right. They're just becoming hipsters. The Macedonians <laughs> yeah. are just becoming hipsters at this point. <laughs> Take Amphipolis, oh, yeah, man. But, um, yeah, I know, right? But um, yeah, so they've, they've done that, and Fipple has changed things. They did, but um, the good the good times, unfortunately, weren't to last uh, for Perdiccas anyway, because about three sixty, the bloody Illyrians they came invading again. They sort of oh. run, must have run out of coin from last time, 
and uh, and, and and the an Illy- massive Illyrian army at the head of their king called Bartolus uh, defeats Perdiccas's army in battle, and uh, both the Macedonian king and around about some four thousand of his troops supposedly uh, they die. So wow, they're wow. out. Um, and Wait, what, a lot was, of was Philip around. Was Philip at that battle? Well, they be- they believe. Oh, yeah, there's there's a lot of reason to believe that Philip was there. I mean, you think you know, brother of the king, able. He's at this point is quite an able-bodied military commander. So, um, mm. a lot of sources sort of think, uh, or would put him at the head of a you know a commander of a cavalry unit as he would know how to station. fight them as well, wouldn't he? Because he spent so so much time with the Illyrians. So, <clears throat> well, he'd be kind yeah. of prime place for it. You'd think so, yeah. So maybe that could have been the thing that saved saved him, saved his life. You know, yeah, yeah. Predicast could have done with a, a year or two in, in Illyria, maybe. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, it looks like he's a, he's escaped the battle. Um, but it's got to do something, you know, seeing your brother die in battle and uh, in a losing battle as well. That's got to mess you up a little bit. But yeah, you know, it's yeah. And I realise that I am I am glossing over a lot of this Philip's upbringing because you know for the sake of time. <laughs> but there's a yeah a lot of stuff to um that people can research and look at because it's a really fascinating period of time. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, with the with the unfortunate Perdiccas dead, uh, that leaves, you know, the, his, his very young son, by the name of Amnitus as well, just to make it confusing, he's the next one in line. So the son of the dead king's in line, but Philip, as the older brother of... Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, as the next brother in line, he sort of steps into the role as regent and starts negotiating, um, you know peace payments and tributes for to give to the King Bartolus from Illyria as a way to like, all right, guys, you messed us up that time, but here's a bit of bling and, you know, we'll catch you, catch you in a little nice. while, but you better believe I'm, I'm going to remember, remember this. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> killed my brother. You're you in trouble. Are. Yeah, that is <laughs> exactly. But Philip is, is this shows like Philip being quite politically sound and, and really quite an intelligent guy. Like he knows that he's pretty like he's, they've just lost a crippling battle. Um, and he's, at this point, he's like, okay, I'm just going to pay you guys off and, and buy some time. So yeah. um, mm. the the Illyrians, they're satisfied. They've got their bling and they're, they're heading back home. Um, and then Athens is like, oh, you guys, so I heard you guys got beaten pretty bad up there by the Illyrians. <laughs> oh, how about you give rubbing back, you in. <laughs> how about you give back Amphipolis? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how about no, you give really? back that town of Amphipolis that we like? And uh, Philip's like, all right, you bastards. Um, all right. Oh, well, no, no, the beard oil. You, you, what are they going to do? <laughs> I know. He's like, you got me on the ropes here, but that's all right. So he, he kind of plays off Athens and the Thracian tribes nearby to sort of... Um, keep the peace and he removes he, he had a garrison um at amphipolis to kind of keep control he's removed that garrison to kind of appease uh, all these separate these separate peoples the athenians the thracians as a way to kind of just not lead to a war that he definitely can't win at this point like they they, they've, they need time to rebuild sure <clears throat> and all gotcha. that mm. yeah so philip yeah and at this point sort of philip's uh we talk about the army and the reorganization that philip does like his older brother um alexander the bloke who got assassinated he had already understood understood the importance of improving the military i mean mm. you get you get your ass beat a few times you go maybe we should do things a little bit different <laughs> maybe we should we sharpen to- our spears a bit better you know <laughs> like <laughs> exactly <laughs> try out a shield now and then not just run in naked yeah yeah <laughs> So, yeah, so like as in, um, Alexander had kind of uh, already made small improvements to to the Macedonian phalanx. If we know the, the, the wall of spears that was pretty like a hoplite warfare, he'd made, he'd made improvements to that. But Philip is the one who really instigates 
the the big changes because all the what he's learned uh, in Thebes and with Hoplite warfare and also like the 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 the, the benefits of expanding that sort of area. <clears throat> So um, for, for the listeners and um, yeah, for the listeners, basically you think of a phalanx being a line of blokes or a big group of blokes in rows um, with, you know, heavy shield and spears. And it's basically, you've got like, a, it's like a hedgehog coming at you. But <laughs> mm. the, the thing about that is that a lot of uh, hoplites these days, that was a, the name of the warrior, um, they would have, uh, I think it's about a three to four meter long spear at the maximum. That they would hold in one one hand, sort of under the arm, and then have a big, heavy, heavy bronze or iron shield that would protect you, as well as like helmet and greaves and all that. So what Philip brought into bear, he was like, okay, that's pretty good. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring a, a, a longer yet lighter spear, which they called a sarissa, and it was about four to six meters long. <clears throat> so oh, you got a bigger reach, yeah, a bigger reach with that one, and that had like a massive armor piercing, uh, you know, spearhead at the end of it that they use supposedly for hunting boar. So, yeah, it's going to get through a lot of things. You know how we were talking about insecure men and how he just made his spear longer? (laughs) You think he was compensating? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it works as a military strategy as well, then it's double win. But, like... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> that's just reaffirming. It's just reaffirming it, isn't it? He's just like, all right, guys, I've got. It's a, I could imagine somebody going, oh, I've got this great new idea for a new shield. Throw it out. We want longer spears. That's what we need. <laughs> just that's longer. Need. It's the... all about the length. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. painted on their shields as well, like Macedonia, bigger, longer. So, so basically, the thing about this, that every, man, all yeah. that. They just make all of their enemies just feel really inferior. Like, oh no, look how short my spear is. <laughs> Like, oh, I feel like we're lacking now. Oh, no. Um, so the, the, the trade-off with the Sarissa, though, because it's so long, um, it's, like, it's, it's, it's almost like you know, you've got your, your normal spear, but then you've got this huge one that you need to double hand to hold. You know, otherwise, it's just ah. going to dip and you won't be able to walk around and actually conduct warfare. So that, sort of, uh, that had been like a, a, a tick against having longer spears than that in the past because everyone's like, well, mm. if we have a spear, then we can't hold a shield. Then we'll just get messed up by missile fire. And so, okay. what Philip kind of helps to bring in is a um, is a, a new lighter spear, a uh, lighter shield that's a little bit um, smaller, called a, a pelter, which effectively they it uses like a strap system where you strap it over the neck of the wearer, and then uh, so loop it over the neck of the wearer, but also strap it to their left arm, so they can still hold the spear, but also have uh, shield protection there, and then and they all just... lock up next to each other and then come at you. Wouldn't that? Wouldn't that but, kind of leave your head kind of above the shield i'm trying to think about well, how it, it would sit it's a small oh, shield yeah yeah it's well, smaller it's it's yeah it's a smaller shield but you've got like a leather harness that's attached to the the shield so it kind of just right. hangs over the the arm so you, or the, the neck and the shoulder so you got that stability there and then you can as you can't see on the on the video but like hangs over the neck <laughs> that way but then also like strips to uh, straps to the forearm and that so oh, okay yeah, they're yeah. able to so you get still got some it. sort of pr- protection you can maneuver it a bit while still holding the spear i guess yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and and you're still able to incorporate like the main thing in hoplite warfare which is like locking in locking shields with the bloke next to you mm-hmm. and then having your, your your spear points digging out the front now the thing yeah, which, about yeah. the uh, yeah, the, sorry, the thing about having like a longer spear is that you've got more reach. So in this case, like with the Macedonian phalanx, you've usually got a row like um, battalions, groups of blokes, six, sixteen rows deep, 
and then you've got to use like the first four points or four, four, four rows, sorry, of spear points sticking out the front. So as opposed to having one or two spears maybe sticking out the front, you've got four sticking out the front now oh, wow. as, as a way to, <clears throat> to, to conduct your warfare. So they're like mm. a spikier then, hedgehog. Mm. They've got the spiky. Yeah, exactly. Hedgehog. It's basically beefier. It's 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 definitely the 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 size and length thing. They're like, let's just make it bigger and and, yeah. and, and more scarier. <laughs> well, it's kind of like because I mean, you know, modern, more modern warfare. It, it's such a huge thing is having longer range guns. Because I know, I think like mm. the Falkland Wars. There's there's a huge amount of like the British gun cannons could just go f- far far. Um, oh, and it's yeah. kind of the same thing. If you can just have a slightly like length advantage. That goes that goes miles because you can just you oh, just definitely. further away from them as you're killing them, which is always yeah, a bonus. That's exactly if you can if you can touch your enemy without them touching you, you yeah yeah you've, effect, you've effectively won the battle. That's weird. weird that's term, a, there are weird so many innuendos. I can't hold it. That's a pretty. Good, um, I think that's a pretty good battle tactic. That that should, if that's not in uh, Sun Tzu's Art of War, it should be. If you can touch your enemy well, without them touching you, it, it probably didn't make the final cut because it doesn't sound no. super uh, <laughs> super, um, super uh, zen. wise and and yeah. It's like, but it's not. I mean, you're you not can wrong. Touch your enemy without them touching you. That's pretty good. You're like, all right, Sun Tzu. Like that sounds good, but we could probably work on that a little bit better. You know what? It's it's also reminded me because we did uh, on our episode where we did we did the the ninja. They did that this thing where they put uh, their scabbard at the end of their sword, like hanging off the end, so that they have oh, this yeah, extra yeah. reach, which they can then use as a probing stick, which is just noticing people quicker. It's kind of the same thing. It's just like the quicker you can interact with your enemy, you're probably going to get the jump on them. And if it's oh, that's absolutely. a long spear or a long gun or just a scabbard that's slightly longer. It's it's such a big improvement. It's weird. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like that's spot on. Like if you've got like uh, if you've got this huge wall of spears coming at you, that's longer than your wall of spears. Um, and and <laughs> yeah. typically has more blokes in that wall of spears. You're like, ah, oh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty worried about what's coming at me right now. Um, yeah. yeah, looking down at your spear, going, oh god, I don't feel good about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I suppose the the thing is like this hadn't happened. Like this sort of organization and 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 training of of troops or this this new phalanx formation hadn't really happened because there wasn't really the money to do that, and okay. and probably the uh, the reason because you get your ass beat a lot. You're like, okay, we really need to shake things up, and what can we improve on? Oh, by the way, we've got Amphipolis and all that gold that was coming in. Not just for hair gel and tweaking mimos and all that. We can actually, you know, get some spear action and 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 train some blokes to do what we what we want to do. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. And again, yeah, I'm I'm glossing over all this stuff, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of other stuff that he made changes to, like light infantry, his cavalry, siege works. Like Philip basically rebuilt Macedonian society. And also, like primarily the military as well, like f- from what it was to what it would become is just mind-boggling. What he was able really? to do, yeah, okay, man, what and, a bloke, yeah. Because you and, think and about, the way he was yeah. able to. Sorry, oh, sorry, you go. No, I just think that it, I feel like um, Alexander the Great really steals his dad's thunder because the one thing I do know is he was known for his military 
sort of innovation, but actually it sounds like his dad was way ahead of him. Like he'd started this well, process way before. He'd yeah. He'd started a lot of it and Alexander in when he um ends up popping out of Philip's loins and, and doing his things, he's 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 instrumental because he obviously his the the histories don't lie about him being quite a formidable warrior and always like his dear old dad who was at the head of his cavalry first one into the breach like he was he put himself in harm's way just like his dad would and did yeah um but he was he he grew up with a lot of these innovations happening and he would have made tweaks to it himself and and he'd come off with some great education as well so he was able to use it so I like, think like Philip's uh re well, built up and and reworked and re um refurbished this old like classic 1960s car and Philip yeah. and uh Alexander's just taking it out to the raceway and just like one goal like he's he's killing it. Oh god. Gotcha. He's just such okay. a he's just such a preppy little shit, isn't he? He's just <laughs> taking credit for his dad's his dad's put in the work because his dad started with what well, I suppose his then his brothers also were kind of it was a kind of slow process, but still if you start Yeah, with, yeah. There's a lot of privilege. There's a lot of privilege around kings. <laughs> you can't get away from it. He went on a posh gap year to Illyria and then to he did. Yeah, He's got yeah. it made as well. But still, no, credit where credit's due. Philip sounds like he's really nah, doing his stuff. Ex- exactly. And it's funny you mentioned the preppy kid things again, because like what he did to, uh, I'm sure you guys know with any sort of history on um, Alexander the Great, there's always like the chat about the companion cavalry being like, you yeah. know, the big the big heavy shock cavalry and anyone who's played like, mm. you know, the total war games on PC, they know exactly. that that <laughs> cavalry is just like devastating. Um, but NB, I chain- haven't actually read <laughs> any Alexander the great stuff. I've just played so much total war that I know that oh. from then. <laughs> oh, don't worry about reading it then. Pretty much. If you play the Alexander campaign <laughs> on total war, they've <laughs> That's no, all you no need. more research required. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the um with the with the camp uh not campaigning with the companion cavalry like what Philip did and the reforms he did sort of they were military but also socially and politically because he took I, I guess he's taking his time from when he was a um he was a hostage in Illyria and then Thebes and he's gone you know what I should do I should make this companion cavalry something a little bit better but also more tied to me personally um which is what he did with the whole army as well but. Uh, ideally, because you think cavalry is for the nobility, people that could afford horses and saddles oh. and upkeep and all that. Mm. He invited a lot of the nobility uh, and, and their sons to become part of this sort of training academy for what would be the companion cavalry and also foot, cav- uh, foot companions and stuff like that. So basically, high-tier sons of nobles would be incorporated into these regiments and these companies by um that will that would be gradually become loyal to Philip personally because he's given him all these opportunities and all that but uh. also because they're the sons of nobles who were still at that point meant to be Philip's equals in like you know the first among equals the first first uh. of, of of the many he's effectively making these sons hostages to him keeping the nobles sort of on the back foot in terms of being like, well, I can't really move against Philip now because he's got my kid and my kid's a pretty big fan of him because he lets him do horsey stuff in like, oh, you know, that awesome is medals so and awesome, clever. awesome armor and all that. Yeah. yeah so that is such a He's good really idea. savvy about that. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's turned, he's turned um, it, it into a real positive for both parties, except for maybe the parents mm. who are like, Oh, I feel like I've been, uh, 
I've been undercut a fair bit as a as, in terms and of my missed, own power. But... We miss little Kevin. Like, wouldn't he be better at home? <laughs> <laughs> but they might have not realised it was happening. Like, they go, "Oh, great opportunity to go learn to be a soldier for the king. For like, for you know, you're going to learn from the best." And then they realise too late. Fuck, he's now much bigger fan of him than he is of us, and doesn't give a shit exactly about our like, oh. Exactly, and that's essentially kind of what happens. Like, Philip becomes his own, like, the sole monarch of Macedon. And the way in which he's um, he's improved his military and his society has alienated and also diminished the power of the nobles around him. So mm, he's, he's got more dangerous. personal wealth, more personal power. He's leading Macedon. But everyone's thrilled about it because they're like, oh, we've got a, we're starting to get a really awesome army. We're getting influence. We had our, we had our, 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 our mo beards and all that going. We're looking, we're looking, we're looking pretty schmink. And it's Philip that we've got to thank for this one. So if there's people that are disgruntled, which there's got to be, like they're pretty quiet at this point. Okay. So he's yeah. doing it right. And, and, yeah, yeah. and he is, yeah. He's solidifying his own power and and doing it in a way that isn't openly um, aggravating anyone that we know of, anyway. So he's mm, keeping okay. himself safe, but also growing Macedon um, and growing his own position. So that's cool for him. Yeah, yeah. fair play. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. But we we got to move on from there because there's not um, there's some fun stuff happening, but some, not so much for Bartolus, the uh, king of the Illyrians, because Philip oh, hasn't yeah. forgotten about what. <laughs> About what happened to um to uh to his dear old brother Perdiccas um, and so in the spring of three fifty eight, Philip brings his new armies uh, uh into battle against the Illyrians, and he just beats Bartolus's ass massive massively. Like, really? Yeah, wow. the Illyrians did not know what was coming because they were like, "Oh, sweet, we're just going to duke it out like always." It was like um like from the Shaka Zulu episode when they were like, "Oh, when when you guys were saying you basically mm-hmm. go in, um, throw your spears and do your 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 dance, basically do essentially the tribute that you would do every time." Mm-hmm. Um, Philip was like, "Nah, we're going to fight, but we're going to fight in a way that I win." And he <laughs> and everything, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they get, they it seems smashed. like they're like uh, it's like a technological because it's such a big technological jump. When you're left in the original place, you're just like men with sticks compared to this yeah. huge giant hedgehog which is about to run you over. You know, absolutely. They're like Bartolus is like, oh, I thought we were doing this still, and, and Philip's like, no, nah, we're doing this now, guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, oh, guess I'm fucked. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's pretty. It's pretty bad. Um, I mean, but it looks like Bartolus escapes if, it. If they've beaten him over and over again, he's just like, oh, it's going to be like every other... It's going to be like literally every other brother I've killed or, or beaten <laughs> exactly. and, and got money from. It's it's oh. like the top eight sides going against the bottom eight. It's like, what's that? A, an easy W this weekend? Don't worry about it, boys. And then... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they come Someone's had a new like... coach come in, new star player, new star recruit player. He's like, you know what? Actually, we're going to turn the tables on you. Yeah, yeah. yeah good for them. Nice. Getting mm. some sweet, sweet revenge. Um, and so, yeah, exactly. And so Bartolus, it looks like he's escaped the battle, though. Um, so good for him. Uh, but it looks like the supremacy of the, of the Illyrians is kind of shattered in the region. Like, there's still, there's still going to be a bit of a thorn in the Macedonian side, but nowhere near as big of a threat as they had been. Like, they were uh, essentially, they were kind of like the boogeymen for Macedon. Um, okay. And they kind of just got, like, knocked down a few pegs to the point where they'd be like, oh, yeah, you guys are annoying. You guys are a, a raiding tribe that we're going to have to deal with later on. But nowhere near as, as massive as before. Okay. But, yeah. And so at this point, we can say Philip's you know, around about 24 years of age. So he's, he's, he's definitely a man grown. 
Um, and yeah, at this point, he's been regent for a couple of years, so he's he's pretty he's feeling pretty good about his power wow. and, and where he is at this point. Now, at some point as well, like the young Amintus, uh, sorry, Amintus, he's is in the son of Perdiccas. He gets to an age where he's like powerful enough to rule. Oh, sorry, old enough to rule. But it seems that, and this could be a little bit of, you know, propaganda, it seems like society in Macedon was like, no, no, Philip's pretty cool. He should probably keep being king. Um, And definitely, like, listeners, get us in the comments on what, uh, if if they do know anything about that, because it's definitely a bit jaded, a bit shrouded in mystery and all that. We're not sure if Amentus was, like, you know, coerced into being, you know, just that, just a rich preppy kid who didn't want aspirations for the throne, or whether or not um, Philip's just really strong-armed him and gone, you know what, I'm actually going to stay in the the throne. Or or whether or not the Macedonian states, like... um, gone at him and be like no we need philip because he's bringing us all this good stuff so it's kind of a bit it could be a bit of anything really that's the thing it's a bit like um i'm pretty sure tell me if i'm wrong listener or patrick as in my patrick courtney um but i'm pretty <laughs> sure king alfred um was in the same position where his his older brother was king he had a son but then he died and then alfred comes in and he's just so good that the son just kind of goes away and they don't really yeah. say what happens to mm. him. But it's like, no, Alfred's great. We're going to keep him. He's going to make us a bit stronger. So it's like, yeah, he's the guy yeah, in the yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. It's a similar yeah. thing where they just like, it's because it, it's a weird thing where there's such a common thing in history where the, the uncle of the, the young, the young king to be or the young king who can't quite rule by themselves, the uncle comes in and steals their throne. But in, that, in this case, and in, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in, in this case, it's, it's looking at you, more, Richard. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't steal the throne he just like earns it like he's just a really good he's really good at his job and like people are just like yeah we should keep this guy especially as now all the nobles are like well we better like him because otherwise like, all, our, all our sons yeah. are all huge fans of the guy or he's just got exactly, really good like... write-ups gotta remember mm. that if you have good bards around you you're the one who's gonna look good in history yeah oh definitely yeah, yeah. And so with the defeat of the Illyrians, uh, Philip gains control of another uh, mining facility, which, uh, you know, helps him out with his purse, but also with that great victory under his belt. People are starting to kind of take take him a little bit se- more seriously than they did. Um, and Philip, at this point, he's, he's feeling pretty good about his his his, um, his sort of western borders. He decides to mm. turn his, expan- his his eyes south for you know southern expansion, and he's got his oh. eyes on Amphipolis again because he's like, mate, I really like the bling that was coming back from that yeah. place, <laughs> and also just, I, just wanted a place by the seaside. Like he just liked he liked having well, access to the sea. He for had, obvious he had reasons. Some, those- he had those two kind of like big defeats so early that he had to like he had to give money to to the Lyrians and he had to lose this place. Like he's got to bring that back, and if he does that, he's undone all the things he had to put up with at the beginning of his reign. Exactly. Yeah. So he, but and that's that's what a lot of the the scholars actually uh, attribute to um, Macedonia at that point under Philip, and then under um, Alexander, they were like, oh, this was one of those empires that had to expand, otherwise it would die because mm. of its need for upkeep. Like you do, if you've got what will then become known as being the most technologically uh, superior army in terms of tactics, weapons, um, troop numbers, and also just experience, that takes money to upkeep. And yeah. it's a tremendous amount of money as well. Like, 
as we'll know, like when Alexander takes the throne, he's about to invade Persia. A lot of that, he's like, oh, I'm doing it because, you know, to avenge all the, the stuff that happened. Apparently, like, well, spoiler alert, uh, Persia's kind of <laughs> linked with Philip's death as well like it's, that's ah. one of the accusations out there so okay. alexander's like oh i'm gonna go over there and beat you guys because you did stuff to my dad and you did stuff to greece 150 <laughs> years ago uh but the the the, the, the sobering reality is that uh, macedon was like in debt like they were just hemorrhaging money so they needed to to get over there and uh, use that use this massive beefy army that that they'd created and were spending all this money on to get some uh, basically get some capital back or, or like lose like make some savings from having blokes die in battle yeah. so you don't have to pay them. That's what Bloody happens. Hell. Yeah, like um, when Japan first gets unified, um, when Tokugawa Ieyasu becomes the uh, the the shogun, he mm. has to mm. invade Korea. But, well, he doesn't have to, but he's just stopped a massive 145 year civil war. What are you going to do with all those murderous like people on your doorstep? You send them to somewhere else to distract them and hopefully just exactly. consolidate at home. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's bizarre, but yeah. Um, but um, what are we doing with so so yeah? So Philip's looking, Amphipolis is moving south. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna just start pushing south down that way because that's where the that's where the breadbasket is. That's that's classical mm. Greece, Athens, Corinth, Sparta. Oh, nice. Um, you know, these these are the guys that everyone everyone wants. And Philip's always ticks. had eyes on... Yeah, he's a pretty ambitious fella. He wants to expand his power, and he's got the, the means to do it. But he's also got a bit of luck as well. Because um, at this point, it's around about this time, uh, this great victory, he's got Amphipolis back. Or he's looking towards getting Amphipolis, sorry. So, spoiler alert, he gets Amphipolis back. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, it's all right, it happened thousands the, of years ago. If they haven't got over it yeah. yet. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. People are like, what? <laughs> He's pulled it for us. Anyway, it's a, so at this point, the king of the Persian Empire, a fellow by the name of Artaxerxes II, he's, he dies. And unfortunately, in the way of um, the Persian or Achaemenid Persian Empire, that's the, the ruling dynasty of that, um, whenever one of their rulers dies, the new uh, the, the successor to the throne, in this case it being Artax- Artaxerxes III, um, they have a little bit of... Um, Either instability, a lot of revolts from the satraps or their local governors who are like, you know what, we should be in power because we're also part of the royal family and, you know, now's our time to shine. But it looks like Artaxerxes didn't have a massive, like some, like a huge rollout of, um, of revolts or anything like that, but he was really focused at this point of conquering the ancient, even to the ancients, the ancient land of Egypt. He was like, I really want to incorporate Egypt and the wealth that comes from that into um, into into my empire. So he's focused on that, which is a huge plus for Philip for two reasons. Mm. Because um, from even times of the, the fame, um, sorry, the Persian king's primary focus is elsewhere. So he's not meddling in the affairs of Greek of of the Greek world, which is typically uh, what he, what what they have been doing. They like to pay the right people, keep the Greek city states states uh, squabbling amongst themselves. Uh, and not look at uh, unifying and, and and pushing out into any sort of war against um, against the empire because he, he recognised or the, these these leaders these kings of Persia recognise obviously the strength in the hoplite warrior they they don't know much about the Macedonian phalanx and what's coming down the road but they know <laughs> that the hoplite uh, the hoplite or the Greek hoplite that heavy infantry is just beefy and if you got yeah. enough of those blokes in one one place. And supported them with, you know, uh, cavalry and archers and all that. They're going to be pretty, pretty tough to beat because mm. the Persian army operated in a 
completely different way. A lot of light infantry. They do have heavy infantry, but a lot of cavalry and stuff. So it's a different makeup. But they understand that keeping the Greek city-states or the, the Greek world um, divided was a really good move for, um, for the empire. But mm. an, another important thing uh, is that the, 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 the second element of this, I guess, is uh, when Artaxerxes spa- uh, comes to power, the revolts that I spoke about, a couple of them, like it wasn't made, they weren't like, usually you'd have like, well, there has been like five or six separate regions in the empire would revolt. It wasn't as big, big as that, but they occurred in like the Western, sorry, the East, the Western Asian, Asia minor. So like the Eastern side of the Aegean. So we're talking um, oh. where, uh, where Troy would be, um, uh, you, um, Halicarnassus, the area of Caria and all that. So think like um, where, where we'd love to go for holidays now in right, that, part yeah. of, uh, <laughs> that part of Turkey. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've the, all those all those places their governors there or a, a, a few of their governors are rising in revolt so they're like we don't like Artaxerxes um, so we're gonna like champion ourselves but also being on the eastern side of the Greek world there's a lot of Greek cities there and so they're like oh we're gonna break the Persian yoke and get that freedom that they're all talking about in Athens and, and the Greek mainland <laughs> we're gonna do that <laughs> mm. and, and Athens being like the, the champions of freedom they're like we're gonna definitely help you guys out and um, <laughs> so they get started on this war that's gonna be called the social war or the war of the allies so oh, I've heard of that yeah yeah, yeah. The, yeah the important thing I guess taken away from this is you got the Persian king distracted in Egypt and then you know would be his own revolts but then you've also got the Athenians who have been given Macedon a bit of strife or a bit of a headache anyway they're focused mm. on heading across the Aegean and helping out with that little war as well and so Philip's right. like this is perfect like this is working yeah, out for all- me nicely He's got all his enemies like facing in the opposite directions and facing each other and none of them paying attention to what he's doing Exactly, and even even with that war against the Illyrians that he's won, people are, stay, are are starting to take notice of him. But still, in the Greek world, he's still viewed as being like, oh, he's Macedonian, he's boorish, he's he's he doesn't know about like hair gel or or, or a beard wax or anything like that. That's all myth. He's do, he's just a ruffian, and we'll take care of them when they come down because they're just beating up they're beating up other ruffians. Like they're nothing really to worry about yet. So yeah, he's taken okay. advantage of this this turmoil and everybody's focus being elsewhere, and he's gone ahead and taken the city of Amphipolis. So he's he's taken control of that Damn. again, but he's supposedly mm. treated those people um, rather rather fairly and kindly. And he only exiled a couple, so you gotta exile a couple. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> probably the ones who yeah, owned like the, tra- the Airbnb that he wanted to like have by the shore. He probably just <laughs> exactly. got rid of his landlord, so he wiped his debt. That's it. That's it. He's <laughs> he's trying to get some good PR in Greece. Like he's trying to go, All right, Athens, so um we did take your city, which you still held control over, but we didn't kill anyone. We just exiled mm. a couple of blokes. But and he even secretly offers the city back to Athens if he gave up control of a really important city, a, a port city uh, called Pydna, because, yeah, uh, Philip's really looking forward to uh, to getting some some power at the sea and, tr- and extra trade and all that. Okay. But it, So he's waiting on Ath- he's waiting on Athens to, to hear back about what they want to do. But Philip's kind of looking at the situation. He's going, yeah, Athens can't really fight a war on two fronts, so I'm just going to keep both of these cities and uh, <laughs> just, just, just do my thing. 
And so he ends up taking control of that region as well. And by this time, he's about 24, 25 years old at this point. So things are moving really quickly for him since since he's taken the regency and also since since the great defeat of the Illyrians at the hand of his now, you know, pretty awesome army. Um, and the good thing about like Amphipolis, just some numbers for it. This like the ancient sources would be like, oh, so Amphipolis, the mining communities there. It was reportedly uh, noted by several historians that it would generate like a thousand talents of silver and gold, mainly silver, a year, which is somewhere in. And this is a Google search, guys. So <laughs> it might be never. Don't trust Google. But um, it's one. It, it's somewhere in like the hundreds of millions of dollars today. I don't know if it's US wow. or Australian or in pounds. But it's a shit ton of money. So like, and he got that money. But even with that, he's still in the red in terms of, or well, he still will be in the red. Like the amount <laughs> wow. of money that it costs to upkeep the army and yeah. and to fund all these public works and all that, it's it's great. Like he needs it, but he's also not you know completely. He can't do, he can't retire now. Like or, or anything yeah, he's like just got to keep going. He's hungry. He's keep it's enough to yeah. it's enough to keep him going. Like it's because exactly. it's loads of things nowadays. Like all work on a loss, but as long as you keep making money and keep expanding, so just no don't one's, stop. Yeah, no one's too bothered. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just you can't stop if you just stop. You're dead. Yeah. But. Oh, definitely. That's exactly that's, and that's got to be the mindset for him as well. And then eventually Alexander is like, you got to keep going, buddy. But yeah. the good thing, I guess, about um, Amphipolis and what happened there, and I guess the the Macedonians in that area beforehand, is because they've treated the the locals pretty well. Like there's a point now where a city by the name of uh, Cronitis, it's like east of the city of uh, Amphipolis, they ask Philip for his protection, um, which is what something that a lot of the smaller communities and cities and all that did from like the larger ones. Like you'd have all uh, the cities oh. in a region who'd be like, oh, Athens is really strong. Let's ask them for, for protection. Help us out against our neighbors. Now Macedon's come on in. They're like, oh, can you help us out, Philip, with, you know, making us awesome? He's like, Philip's like, amazing. Mm. Like, I'm all for that. And so he offers, and, and, and he's pretty generous as well because he offers to rename the city Philippi after himself. So he's like, yeah, I'll help you out. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> wow, wow, he's really I mean, good at brand <laughs> representation. Like he's on it. Well, I mean, clearly, he's got some good his, clearly his uh, his son will learn that as well because that's a pretty big thing that Alexander the Great does. Alexander, yeah. a few Alexanders, <laughs> yeah. yeah, all over the world. Around. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, and so this is like, uh, I guess I, I mentioned that because it's like further examples of uh, Macedonian interference in like what would be classical like the old greek world and it's roughly in all the feathers still like people like oh like athens and thebes as well even sparta down south although they kind of keep into themselves but um they're sort of going oh this this bloody philip guy he's he's starting to really like step in on our turf a bit but Mm. at the same time he just keeps doing it because no one's really stopping him. It's it's almost like a uh, like a thing of appeasement of him. But at the same time, they're like, mm. we can't really do anything to stop him because we're all fighting a social war. Uh, we don't have we don't have money coming in from the Persians telling us what to do. Not that they really did that. It was just like key individuals that accepted coin. Uh, at, mm. And funny funny story. That's actually there's a lot of uh, <laughs> evidence to suggest that Philip himself actually took money. Uh, from the Persians. Um, oh, really? <laughs> over points in the time. Yeah, yeah, just to kind I mean, of see- oh, like pull off one siege or like, you know, disband one, not uh, disengage from a siege or, you know, just kind of look look the other way or do something else. He's like, yeah, I'll take your money. But, you know, this is no like standing, like binding contract. Mm. It's just like, yeah, I'll take your money of, and then we'll see what happens en- later enemy on. Enemy of my enemy, 
you know that kind of thing exactly. they're kind of they're both targeting the same group of of states of greek states so they're kind yeah. of like you know we could work together we're not really friends but we could kind of work together yeah yeah we can make some lemonade uh, out, of yeah. the, out of these <laughs> these lemons right now get some corn yeah. on the side yeah but it's it's around about this point that you got to think like the greek world like they see macedon now encroaching in they've got amphipolis they're, they're getting some good bling happening they're like holy shit guys like this macedon macedon now is like that's a force to be reckoned with like they're now united under a strong ruler um, who's switched things up at home. He's, he's pretty switched on as well. Like, he's a pretty savvy, smart guy. They're winning battles mm. and they're well-financed now. Like, we need to take Philip seriously. Like, holy yeah. shit. And, um, yeah, and so this is, like, the point now where, I guess, in, in history, like, this is the point where Philip's kingship is iconically different from traditional Macedonian kings. Like, he is mm. the man. All roads lead to Philip. He's got his, his, he's got his finger in every pie. Now, or everyone mm. cometh render onto Philip. Like that's that's <laughs> wow. what's happening. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, couple and and coupled with his immense wealth that he's now gotten personally, he's like his head and shoulders above. And now Macedon's a full blown monarchy. And Greek, the Greek world typically they're not thrilled with kings. They they mm. you know they're all about freedom and stuff like that. And the, the Spartans still had a king, but there was like an elected college. Uh, where the king came from, so it was more ceremonious than uh, anything else, than than autocratic. So Philip's the full mm. autocrat. This is his. This is his sure. Macedon. That's definitely no like. The f- yeah, it's like it's the opposite of Athens. You know, who had the birth of democracy. Mm. It's not hardly like they're going to yeah. want a big old uh, autocrat coming down from the north. Exactly, exactly. Mm. But like any other king, like now's the time where Philip gets his political marriages on because nothing like a good little political marriage to. To, to get you feeling good and, and to secure yeah. your kingdom more than how, anything. So how like, old is he at this yeah, point? Is he still like sort of 25, he's, 26? He's still in his, yeah, he's still in his mid-20s. mid, to, mid 20s. I'd say 25, maybe 26 at this point, but I'd say more right. to the 25. So he's he's, he's ready to uh, to procreate. He's good for it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he he, ma- he marries the daughter of the king of, of Epirus, or Epirus, is in that, that western kingdom of uh, Macedon, and who a name who a lot of people may recall, uh, Olympias. Old uh, Angelina Jolie, uh, mother of Alexander the Third. Got she's now uh, she she's now gotten into the marital bed and and uh, and and brought Epirus into the friendly fold. So everyone's feeling pretty good from Epirus about what's going on there because they got their own king. Philip's a king, you know, joined by marriage. Everyone's everyone's Gucci. Um, but he's also yeah, got, yeah. yeah, he's also got uh, a couple of other marriages that happen around about the same time of uh, 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 a, a lady by the name of Phila of uh, Elimoitis and then um, Audata of Illyria. So the important one is definitely the Illyrian marriage because they'd been fighting for a while. This is a way that um, that Philip can kind of chill out the Illyrians a lot more um, mm. because this this girl, um, Audata, she's either the daughter or the granddaughter of the defeated King Bartolus. So yeah, this, she's linked uh, to the royalty. Okay. Don't want anything bad to happen to her. Um, he, and so, if, yeah, so... He, He's kind of linked. Um, he's kind of secured his borders um, on his mm. western front. Anyway, hmm. could have been an old flame from his gap year out there. Actually, he was really young. I, I take that back. Sorry, he was eleven, wasn't he? When he was in. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> oh, you can think he's ter- he's tugging at those heartstrings. Oh, do you remember when we walked in the park together? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, I remember that. That was lovely. He's like, Are you still like that? He's like, I'm not actually. I'm pretty. I'm pretty switched on, and I'm gonna. Mm. I'm gonna get what I want to get. But <laughs> I'm gonna get the whole oh, grease. Well, let's <laughs> remember the good old have times. Have you seen how long my spear is nowadays? It's uh, it's, it's Look at this big spiky hedgehog I've got behind me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imagine the wives all get together. Oh, he keeps talking about his spheres again. Yeah. Shit. Like, we get it. Sizes and everything, bud. He's <laughs> starting to sound like a kind of bro. Hey, dude. Hey, ch- hey babe. Check out my spear. Yeah. What's up, babe? Yeah, check it. Four to six meters, huh? Yeah. Ever had that? <laughs> What's talk he rocking? Talk to What's your dad or your granddad. Three to four? He is. Nothing. Like, yeah. He'll yeah. tell you all about it. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. Um, so not long after this time, obviously the marital, uh, the marriages have worked, uh, cause Olympias gives birth to a son being Alexander the third being, uh, the later Alexander the great. So Alex, he's born, he's on the scene. And, Alexander uh, the Thunderstealer. The yeah. Thunderstealer, exactly. He's probably come out looking at, looking at Philip going, oh, I'm coming for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whose history got best? Um, and and also the wife Phila or, or or Philina, it's depending on 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 certain sources. The, so the second wife, she's given birth to a son also called Aridaeus, which would be known to history later on as Philip Aridaeus. Uh, and he's mm. he's an interesting one. He's he's a lot better in um in uh, the the wars after Alexander's death. Spoiler alert: Alexander dies as well. Um, and there's a whole <laughs> whole shit show after that. But Aridaeus mm. is 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 an unfortunate guy. But I'm going to skip over the next few years just for the sake of time. We don't really care what the kids were doing uh, when they were kids. But <laughs> Philip's pretty much um, campaigning around the northern portions of his realm. Uh, basically, just uh, you'd sort of think he's just earning some experience for his army, for his commanders, getting some more prestige, securing his borders, um, and just building building it all. And he actually it manages to reorganize the region of Thessaly and pushes his expansion of influence to the shores of the Black Sea. So he's got a massive, massive geographical wow, area yeah. which he which he holds now. And you know, the Greek world is understandably now shitting themselves because he's. <laughs> Repeated, repeatedly had um, had looks at the Greek world. He's, he's been focusing on that, but they're still thinking he's a barbarian. He's 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 yeah. He's got a big army, but you know, Athenian steel will take on oh, not steel. Athenian iron will take care of that. Don't you worry about that. Mm, gotcha. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So he even has a crack at uh, besieging uh, this the, the what will be the massive city of Byzantium. Not super, not as big as you think now, but it's it's still pretty important because that's like the launching pad. That's where Europe meets Asia. And at mm. this point, uh, Artaxerxes III, the, the now Persian king, he's like, oh, dude, I've got to turn away from Egypt for a tick because this guy is on my doorstep. And if wow. he takes this city... Um, you know, they can choose to do like this. This is a big, like they control the straits, control trade. They can launch an attack whenever they want. I've got to sort this out. So he, um, you know, what would you say? He kind of sends money and all that to the right people, uh, which help get the Athenians working. Cause they're a little bit worried as well because um, uh, that straits doesn't just work for the Persians. That's where a lot of uh, Athenian food and supplies come from. And okay. so uh, Philip's, 
ends up capturing like 240 odd grain ships. So Athens are like, okay, we need to we need to declare war on this guy real soon. And All these um, people who've been leaving him alone for ages are like, oh shit, he's actually a really big deal. We should really do something about this. It's like it's like, like a sort of bread? <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a sort of bull has tiptoed into the middle of a china shop and no one's yeah, fucking yeah. noticed, and then everyone's turned around and gone. Ah, oh, fuck. We need to get <laughs> out <fucking> now. <laughs> He's about to exactly. destroy everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so at this point, Athens declares war on Philip. And... Uh, and okay. b- the the position where he's in, Philip's like, all right, I need to break off this siege from Byzantium and kind of just get myself in a position where I can launch south because he wants a war with with Athens now. He's he's kind of been looking for an excuse, but he doesn't want to be the one to um to to be to declare it himself. He's like, oh, I'm just reacting mm. because Athens was being unreasonable and they they they're attacking me. Mm. Uh, mm, but Philip wasn't quite he yeah he wasn't quite in a hurry to get at them though because he spends like nearly two years. Um, <laughs> Just sort of in Macedon, <laughs> organising himself because he's sitting back going, "I've got the greatest army in the world, supposedly," um, and you know these guys are just like, "Whatever, I'll, I'll, I'm happy to do what I need to do. I've still got enough money coming in that I'm I'm still running at a loss, but I'm not I'm not bankrupting my uh, my, my kingdom yet." And mm. the main reason he he wants to he wants one decisive victory over the free Greek world. He wants to bring all his enemies together and then just crush them so that. So there's, there's, nice. it's an easy win. So because nice he, now he's yeah. like now he's like oh I want to take on the Persians. I want to do that. I'll just pacify mm. Greece so that way when I launch into Persia I don't have you know Athenian spears in my back when I when I when I jump over and all that stuff. God, he's really so, ambitious, isn't he? As yeah, like, yeah. You think back to like how his all of his uh, brothers and uncles have been fighting just the Illyrians. This guy wants to take all of the Hellenistic states and get over to Persia as well. I mean, that it takes real vision, I think. Mm. Oh, definitely. And just drive as well. Like, he's got a lot of luck with, uh, you know, a lot of people's and, and diversions that have happened at the time. But he's a pretty capable guy to be able to drive himself and his people to do that. So, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's lucky, but he's also capable. And um and driven, mm. so that's that's cool. But or during the build up, like there's obviously people aren't too thrilled with um with Philip down in down in Greece and in Athens in particular. There's a popular politician named Demosthenes who he's he's one of those guys that, like the champions of freedom. He's he's basically just talking shit about Philip and about kingship <laughs> and tyranny and all that stuff. And he's very anti Philip, and he creates an anti Macedon league. Everyone's like, oh, we shouldn't like Philip, and people are like, yeah, we shouldn't like Philip. That's 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 fine, and that helps to like push Ash- Athens towards declaring war. So it's very anti-Macedonian right. feeling, and Demosthenes mm. is 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 at the head of this. He hates the idea of Philip and, and tyranny and all that. But this is all working, as I said, into Philip's fa- or in Philip's favor because he's gathering all his enemies together, and they they want to fight. And he's like, mate, I want to get this victory quick because I got bigger fish to fry across the Aegean. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna bounce, yeah. you know. That's clever. And so he comes down into yeah, yeah. And so he comes down into Greece, and in year three thirty eight. So oh, what would that put him at? Oh shit, he's uh well Alexander is at there's a there's a battle at the city of Chironia, which is like west of Thebes, and that's like another famous battle that might um, jog some memories or or, or uh, revenate for people, whatever re- re- reverberate for people. I don't know words. Um, <laughs> it's it's <good>. worth <laughs> yeah. Ale- where Alexander's about eighteen years old, his son. 
So he's a okay. man grown. Oh, so we're, 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 right, okay. we're years, years. That's the years that I skipped over there. So Phillips mm. probably in his, oh, he's in his thirties by this point, obviously. Mm. Um, and he's come down into Greece and he's forced this battle. Um, and you know, he's pretty confident with the ability of his army, his commanders that he reportedly only brings half of his strength, like half of his no. army he brings to this, this Damn. battle that decides the freedom of Greece. He's That's like, you know what? Uh, he's so not yeah. bothered by Greece anymore. He's like, oh, what a we'll dick. just pacify them quickly. Yeah, it's, all, it's, such a, it's such a dick move. He's just like, yeah, just send half <laughs> of them. He's like, all he's the saying is, them. look at those spear lengths. That's all it's about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at how big they are, lads. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do about that, eh? <laughs> I can touch you first. <laughs> Everyone's like, ah, oh, Philip. <laughs> oh. oh, shit. So, um, yeah, uh, not surprisingly, uh, it's a uh, colossal defeat for the allied Greek armies. And, uh, and, and Philip achieves the victory that he wants. Alexander gets the awesome um, uh, political uh, spin as well. He's the first one leading his companion cavalry into the charge that breaks the Theban line. So everyone's yeah, like, holy yeah. shit, Philip, Philip smashed us with half his army. His son's also pretty badass because he's the first one through the breach, effectively. Like, he's... he's these guys are pretty badass. And Philip's like, mate, I'm now the unquestioned master of Greece. Um, <laughs> and with that, he finally, yeah, he finally turns his one eye because he's, he's lost an eye at oh, this right. point because he's just, oh, he's shit. in the thick of it. Yeah. He copped, a, he copped an arrow at um, a siege. I think it was either at Byzantium or a siege of another city nearby. And yeah, so he's, he's lost oh. an eye. Apparently, the, he... apparently it's written somewhere in, in an epitome that like the guy who shot the arrows, like he's, we'll call him Jeff. It's like Jeff... Uh, he writes on the arrow, Jeff fires this arrow for Philip and hits him in the eye. And uh, <laughs> wow. Philip supposedly, yeah, he supposedly writes on an, an arrow to fire back at the city. And he's like, hey, uh, Philip's not happy. Uh, if uh, when, this city, when this city falls, um, you know, Philip's going to find Jeff and crucify him. <laughs> so like, yeah. so like, uh, clearly that's the with your stories having to fun with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think. How long are these arrows? He's writing quite a bit. <laughs> I know, right? Shit. It's the birth it's, of social it, media. It, it, this is Facebook. It's like yeah. early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Jeff's just trolling him from the from the battlements. He's like, "Yeah, mate, yeah. how's your eye going?" It's like, "Yeah, it's like, oh, fucking get you, mate." Yeah. So apparently, yeah, when uh, when the city uh, fell, he, uh, he he apparently gets Jeff and uh, strings him up, gives him the old crucifixion. So, uh, wow. yeah, apparently yeah. true to his word, but that's he probably seem- historians getting a, a bit of license. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He must seem pretty terrifying at this point. Like he's just conquered all. Of it. He's he's like unstoppable. Now he's got an eye patch and he's got this oh, yeah. warrior son. Like he must be like any other Greek would be pretty. T- I imagine Persia's oh, probably yeah. pretty scared of him now as well. Well, yeah. Like he's he's got a he's got a massive limp in his. I think it's his left leg that he copped uh, a, a, a grievous wound against the Illyrians. He's covered in scars. He's a fighting king, and yeah. Yeah, he's a big big bloke as well. He's intimidating, so people are like, "Holy shit!" And you did, you've got an eye socket staring back at you. You're like, ah, he's uh, he's been through some shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, whereas I'm but- assuming he's really like. He's really like angelic son waltzing around there, looking all cool and, and swift. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. Like we're, we're getting a lot of history from uh, the Greek sources, and they, you know, you've got a guy from Macedon coming at you. They think, oh, he's just a barbarian, he's a brute. But a lot of the sources, if you look at it, pardon me, a lot of the sources have him. He's actually quite like it doesn't really line up with his his actions and his character. 
Like he's he's mm. he's a fighting guy, like all the Greeks were in typical. Like when it came to fighting, they're like, yeah, we can do it. Um, but he was very eloquent with his speech. He's obviously very politically savvy. I uh, seem to be not as much of the drunkard, uh, drunkard king who doesn't know what's going on, like you see in that mm. terrible Alexander film oh. with um, <laughs> Colin Farrell and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, where mm. he's he's just painted as being like the brutish barbarian. I think he was a lot more. Uh, he's been done dirty, I reckon, by history. Like he's he's he's, he's mm. a big guy who likes to fight, but I think he's got a bit. He's obviously got a bit of a noggin behind, a bit of a brain in his noggin, and he's a bit more eloquent and and well spoken, refined, I guess, than history let him <laughs> be portrayed. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, with um with Philip's massive victory, uh, crushing his enemies, he decides to adopt a friendly policy with the southern cities of Greece. He's like, all right, guys, you pretty much get to operate doing your own thing again. Uh, just make sure that we've got blokes from Macedon in in the government doing all that because he's he's all all sorted at getting Persian out. He wants to get them and sort them right out. And, okay. and have a good supply line when he goes into uh, Persia, installs pro-Macedonian uh, pro governments in the cities, garrisons, thieves, all that stuff. Um, and I'll, I'll gloss over a thing, but like Alexander, his son, goes and negotiates with Athens. They become honorary citizens and mm, a peace is like quote unquote like <laughs> peace is is secured mm. with Athens because he still needs their ships to get over to um to Persia like it's a lot of a lot of stuff going on and yeah uh, so he, with that one so he's not fully taken over he's it's not it, Greece isn't now all just one big Macedonian he's, empire well, he's just kind well, of the he top ends, dog yeah he ends up forming a um a, a, a league I believe it's called the League of Corinth. I might be wrong. Okay. No, the League League of Corinth, the Corinthian League, I should say. Sorry, where he basically forms an alliance with all the cities who he's just beat the shit out of, and <laughs> makes himself the head of this league. So he's like, right. he's not, he's he's like, oh, I'm the first among the Greeks, but I am also going to just wreck anybody who who rebels against me right now because <laughs> like he's he's the, he's the king, yeah. But to make that even better, because it's like um, Persia is such a different culture to the Hellenistic cultures, even the Macedonians, who are a bit hairier maybe, they've all got a one goal, which is other, which is Persia now. So it's not just like his well, autocratic yeah. thing. He, they all know they don't like Persians. So it's like, well, let's mm. just well, that's get it. everyone together and get over there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's perfect you say that because at the league, at this Corinthian league, as everyone gets together and he's like, you know what we need to do? Everyone's like, oh, let me guess. He's like, yeah, we need to go and invade Persia because 150 years ago they they, they did stuff. You know, Thermopylae, the Battle of Salamis, Marathon, you know, this is Sparta. All that shit is still pretty <laughs> um, pretty strong in, in people's minds in the Greek world. They're like, mm. that. Um, Persia's the old enemy, and you need to go yeah. and get them when you can. And so Philip's yeah. like, "I'm going to go get them, and you guys should it's come like with a, me." It's like a, it's like a young English king deciding to invade France. It's like or, what you do, or Scotland, it's, it's definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or Scotland, yeah, yeah. It's just absolutely, it's what you, do, you know. <laughs> it's probably more successful to invade France than Scotland. I mean, yeah, <laughs> Scott's yeah. definitely got him. <laughs> it's pretty tough. Knocked us back many, us back, yeah. knocked them back many times. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, where am I? Yeah, so basically this Corinthian League, big, uh, the same deal with hostages. It's like, oh, we'll get our armies or people, uh, soldiers from all these conquered cities. We'll mm. protect them over to, uh, to Persia with us as a bit of a, oh, we've got 
blokes that you care about here, so don't you go rebelling. Um, nice. And everyone's everyone's publicly on board with Philip. They say the invasion's awesome. And it brings us to the spring of 366. But there's still, like, you know, a couple of things that, um, that Philip wants to do before he invades. That's when he wants to invade. But he's got to sort out a couple of things with Alexander. Uh, at this point, uh, one of the, the rebellious satraps in Persia, in the, in the satrap of Caria, he's come to Philip with an offer of, he's like, oh, I've got a daughter of marriageable age, if you know what I mean. And oh. Philip's like, you know what? I've got a second son by the name of Aridaeus, who's probably going to be pretty good to marry your daughter. Give me a little foothold in Asia Minor. And that way I don't need to have like a hot landing. I can just like sail into a, a safe a safe port or a safe area where I can muster my troops in the Persian Empire. For the marriage, but quote unquote. For the marriage. <laughs> this is just yeah, my exactly. massive entourage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this exactly. is not an invasion. <laughs> just my mates. Just my mates with their big long spears. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, But the thing that kind of, this, this doesn't work out super well because it involves Aridaeus, the second son, and not Alexander being the first son. And he reportedly oh. gets a bit shitty about this and, you know, botches the deal out of jealousy. Now, the thing wow. that the, the weird thing about this, which I, I don't necessarily agree with this part because it makes um, Alexander look like a bit of an idiot because a lot, if, if not all the ancient sources and then modern sources from, like you know, behavioral um, studies and stuff like that, link the second son, so Philip Aridaeus, as being... A, uh, like mentally disabled or having some form of mental disability. Really? Mm-hmm. So, Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like a person who, you know, you wouldn't be able to lead, you know, lead a, a hunting party, let alone an army, lead a kingdom. Mm. So he's a, he's a guy who's unfortunate, his unfortunate circumstance or situation, you know, puts him in a, in, in a place where Philip's probably like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to marry you off to this satrap's daughter so you can hang out in Korea. Oh, sorry, Caria. <laughs> bit far. <laughs> bit far to go to Korea. <laughs> that would be really impressive. <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah, so they hang... It's, I'm going to pop you guys there. I have my foothold in and I've still got my, my crown prince, Alexander, that I can... I can do stuff with later on, but mm. apparently, so that makes me think Alex. Uh, it's not particularly true because Alexander cracks the shits. You should have a bit more foresight than that to sort of go. Oh, I should be the one to get married to the the satrap's daughter. Yeah, but like you know, Philip's got a ton of wives, so maybe Alexander was like, I want a ton of wives too. Like, yeah, maybe that's a, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, so that, he took that, it as a bit of a slide. Yeah, mm. um, and so uh, there was a wedding banquet for Philip's fourth wife. Um, where who her name is Cleopatra, and so she's like a newish addition, and um, right. she's the niece of a fellow named Attalus, who's like a high-ranking general, Macedonian noble, and Philip's gonna be his. Uh, he's gonna be Philip's almost number two or number three for this uh, this invasion of Persia. So he's a pretty important dude uh, to Philip. Um, but you know, the uh, Attalus starts running his mouth at this wedding, and he says something like, "Oh, hopefully Cleopatra, my niece, gives birth to a son worthy of the Macedonian throne, because she, um, so Attalus's family is Macedonian blue blood, obviously mm. Philip's blue blood. That uh, brings oh. in Olympias, who's from Epirus. She's like, what? How come my son's not like?" not the king and he's the crown prince already so fuck is uh, and so Olympias <laughs> and Alexander they, they crack it and they go into like a self-imposed exile where Alexander supposedly goes on to ally himself with several Illyrian factions and threatens to invade Macedon itself because of this oh, slight 
Really what little yeah. shit. Jeez. Yeah, so he's really <laughs> what a tantrum. What a tantrum. Yeah. <laughs> Massive tantrum. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But you could, I just because he couldn't have everything. See, well, he started. He started having his legitimacy called into question. If you've got some high-ranking general, be like, "Oh, this guy is the crown prince. Isn't really a, a you know ideal to be sitting the, the throne." A lot of murmurings will start happening. People mm. will be shitty, and then and then well, Alexander obviously, and uh, things can get out of control, <laughs> and they get out of control for Philip, and he he's like, "I need to take care of this quickly." And he announces mm. that uh, that um, to to Alexander that he sent Attalus away as part of the expedition. So like, m- not much of a punishment. <laughs> he sent him no. away to do his job, um, mm. and he's attempted to reconcile with his son. And uh, Alexander seems to accept this and returns to court. And so Philip sees this as an opportunity um, to organize a massive feast to show the world that both he and the crown prince of reconciled Macedonia is strong. Uh, its mm. relations with Epirus uh, is in the, the the kingdom of Olympias, Philip's first wife. That's, things are all good there. And Philip even invites King Alexander from Epirus to marry his daughter Cleopatra. So that's the there's too there's so many Cleopatras, so many Alexanders. <laughs> You'd think they get other names. So there's like, what should we call exactly. this one? Exactly, uh, Alexander, yeah. <laughs> John Smith again. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. Uh, and so this whole thing is to like um, you know strengthen ties, but also show the world that you know things are all good with Philip, and uh, and and then they can chuff off and have themselves a little war. So that'll mm. be fine. And so the marriage takes place, and the feast was organised to be in the theatre. Of the town of Agi, I'm sorry, um, Agi, sorry, of Agi, um, where every seat in the theatre is filled. Um, and when Philip steps in, he's dressed. He's dressed in a white robe. He looks like he's he's not wearing armor. He's just like mate, it's essentially like a toga. He's like mate, I'm I'm all good. Mm. I'm benevolent. I'm I'm sick. I've got like a little gold wreath in my hair. No <laughs> one's no one's. I'm not threatening at all, except for my missing sounds- eye. And- and I'm getting like a body Caesar. full of stars. Scars. Yeah, I'm, I'm really getting a Gustav vibe now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. And, but and and the thing with that is is he's is he's like he tells his bodyguards to hang back. So as a, as a oh. further uh, demonstration <laughs> to the Greeks that he doesn't need protection because he's peaceful to the Greeks. Don't worry about mm. a thing. I'm all good. I'm not a tyrant, even though I am. Uh, I'm all more good. <laughs> I'm on I'm on your side, and we can all mm. we can all you know mess up per- the Persian Empire together. Uh, but it turns out he might have needed a uh, bodyguard uh, because he, one of his personal bodyguards, the, the fellow by the name of Pausanias, walks up to the unprotected Philip and gives him the old stabby stab, uh, killing the oh. king in plain sight of the assembly. So I, On yeah, stage? You're, yeah, you're walking into Jeez. the theatre and some dude walks up behind you. <laughs> Well, everyone's like, who's this dude walking up behind Alex, uh, yeah, Philip, yeah. who looks like his bodyguard? But why is he so... Oh, he's just killed the king. Shit. Like, oh, is this meant to happen? Is this like part of the play? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like That's really realistic. Roll over no, and step up like Willy Wonka at the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> for my next it's, trip. Yeah. If, <laughs> people would have been like, what the fuck's going on? And that's kind of what happens. Because like in the confusion, Pausanias managed to leg it. He manages to leg it out of the uh, the theatre to where a horse is waiting to, tied to a tree for him as his little getaway. But according Jeez. to the sources, when he's running away, he would have made it as well, just to add a bit of tension. But he trips on a root 
on 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 the path and falls up and so Philip's bodyguards who were actual bodyguards that wanted to protect mm. him um who were in close pursuit they caught up with him and run through Pausanias with their swords killing him pretty much instantly oh, so wow are you sure yeah. it wasn't one of those so, long pikes was just waiting and yeah, well, <laughs> held out of a bush to yeah. check him out? He's like yeah. 20 metres away going, I've got you from really far away. Yeah. <laughs> a broken ankle. Broken ankle. There you go. <laughs> hey, there yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Um, was, so, um, yeah, was, was Alexander there? Would he have been there? He was. He, he was. Everyone was there because Alexander was there to show, like, he was reconciled with his, yeah. with his father. Olympias was there to be like, "All right, I feel pretty good about you now, Philip." And like yeah. <laughs> all the high, like all the movers and shakers in not only Macedon or most most Macedon, but the Greek world as well, were there to wow. witness this momentous occasion. And so everyone's like, "This oh, was the man. biggest biggest stage in the world for this assassination." Definitely, definitely, Jeez. definitely. Oh man! And so, like, we look at like the killer. So, Pausanias. I said before, he's Philip's ex-lover, um, mm. which is like very fine. He, um, Philip, actually de- not deposed, but got rid of Pausanias for another fella named Pausanias. So he's, he likes the name. I don't know if this <laughs> is that his. Kink? Something about that name just gets it. Just we, gets him. That's that's we've it. had that's this before at some point. At some, I can't remember, but some other king had two wives that were named the same, and so it's just. It was like a this, pharaoh. It was a pharaoh. Was it it's a pharaoh? Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, just yeah. they just don't want. They don't want to have to. It's a whole new name to learn. Yeah, it's just, exactly. It's a lot I don't want to. I don't want to remember another thing. It's like yeah, it's yeah. like it's like dating someone who has the same birthday as your ex. You're like, I just remember yeah, that yeah. date now. Uh, yeah. I don't I bet, any new you know ones. what? I bet I bet he had a tattoo. He had a tattoo of, <laughs> of the name, you know. And he's just like, I can't get rid of that. Just find me another yeah. lad with the same name. It's it's just yeah, this will be awkward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. So like yeah. So um. he's um he's the ex lover, but he's he's also been kept in the court, so he's still holds some of Philip's affection and he's been raised to the point of being like a, one of his bodyguards. But mm. there's a point earlier where uh, Attalus, so the father of Cleopatra, who was, he was the one who was boasting about Alexander not being legitimate and all that. Yeah. He and a bunch of his men have gotten Pausanias drunk at some time. Uh, we're not sure whether or not it's like six months before or mm. eight years ago because like the sources are really weird because especially with a few Pausanias is bouncing around, time's getting uh, confused. Yeah. But yeah, at some point in the past, Pausanias has been gotten really drunk by these guys and they've all like essentially raped him. So, and, and just like Holy had shit. a laugh at him as well. They're like, you know, just insult to injury, like huge. It's, it's a massive shock to him. He's, and Paul Sanis has woken up. He's not too thrilled about it, um, as, you'd, yeah. <laughs> as you'd assume. Um, and he goes to Philip and he's like, what the fuck, Philip? Like this Atlas bloke and his blokes just got mm. at me. Um, what are you going to do about it? And Philip's like, oh... You know, I feel pretty bad for you, Pausanias. Uh, you're not my number one anymore, but I still feel pretty bad for you. But this Atlas bloke, he's he's gonna like he's going to Persia for me. Like, uh, I'm not really wow. gonna punish this guy. Yeah, because and and he's a high ranking noble. He's just he's he's just been brought. Or the plan is to sort of get him into the family. Um, mm. And so he essentially doesn't really punish Atlas at all. And this just grinds Pausanias' gears mm. and he's just livid. And more than that, he doesn't Atlas isn't punished. He's even given like he seems to be rewarded by given, you know, command positions yeah. in the glorious expedition to Persia. So 
Pausanias, he's he's fuming at this one. So, you know, a lot, and this this is the reason why a lot of people attribute it to being like a lone wolf attack. But right, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and but a lot of people think you know he was you know. But the weird thing about it is that because he was killed, as in Pausanias, was suspiciously killed so quickly after assassinating mm. Philip, is that like they basically catch him and run him through. There's no questioning, no dragging no. back for a trial. Yeah. They just kill him on the spot. And so you think, hmm, why would you be why would you be running this guy through so quickly unless yeah. he's got stuff, some information that you know you don't want getting out. And well, then, that's that's, that's uh, exactly the same, not to kind of spoil the JFK episode, but like that's what no, happens that's to Lee Harvey Oswald. Like he dies mm. so soon after. Everyone's like, surely they needed to get something out of this guy and yeah. learn more about him. But actually it's because they know why he did it and they want to silence yeah. their, their patsy. Wow. Exactly. Like okay. they're like, oh, do we want closure yeah. for the public or do we want to like keep whatever's there? Yeah, shut this wraps. down. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And so like... um. Uh, yeah, so so that leads a lot of a lot of like historians, a- ancient historians as well as like modern scholars to lead, to think, mm. man, this probably wasn't a lone a lone attack, and it's definitely some encouragement from a third party or like a larger, mm. pardon me, larger entity, because you know they think, oh, he's tied up his horse. Like you wouldn't tie up your horse by yourself. Mm. Uh, you know, probably a couple of k's from the place, and expected to still be there when, <laughs> once you're running there. So they yeah. reckon he's had help from a few blokes. Supposedly, Alexander himself um, orders the deaths of three blokes. One of them who was just like around, <laughs> so supposedly oh, really? didn't do much. <laughs> but he was like, "Yeah, it's wrong place, wrong time." He's like, "Yeah, well, you're getting it too." The king's justice because Ale- yeah, because um, Alexander himself is at the point where Philip's body is there. He's proclaimed mm. king. Like, oh really? Wow. Just like that? Yeah. Wow. Just like that. They're like Philip's dead, and then I think it's um, Hephaestion, his uh, his his longtime companion and and lover as well. He's like raised his arm and been like, "Oh yeah, hail the king!" Like Alexander, his his crown. I may be getting that from the 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 Alexander movie that Ridley Scott one. So don't <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. Can't remember. I can't believe I remember wow. that one. Jared Leto. So, there you go. Jared Leto. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so Alexander has just had gone through all this stuff where he's been possibly like he was worried he was going to get passed over to be king. He like has a hissy fit about it. Gets brought back and then suddenly his old dad. Is killed off and he suddenly make it. Oh, yeah! Man, come on, just... like it could so. Am I the only one thinking Alexander might be involved? Like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, right, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like, no, that's, you just, that's exactly, you just made up with exactly Dad. It. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like you he's think. Just, he's... It's just all perfect for him. Yeah, you think as a detective, you're like, who would benefit from the king dying, or oh, maybe the crown prince that whose position was questioned publicly just yeah. before? You're like. So, and then you yeah. got you got to think about his mum Olympias because she's just been massively slighted. She's grew, she's spent a whole marriage and and Alexander's whole life up to this point expecting mm. him to be the the top dog after Philip. Um, mm. So she's she's pretty slighted. And uh, I will say about Olympias because she does a lot of stuff later on in the the um, the successor war, like the wars of once Alexander dies, like. Uh, years from now and the, his empire is broken up she's like a major political player but unfortunately uh, just like um 
the wife of who was Amnitus, who supposedly tried to per, uh, to poison him at the beginning of this episode. She's like I reckon Olympias is done dirty because she's a woman in power. Right, and, you know, uh, yeah. You're written by blokes. You're like, oh, she's crazy. She's crazy, and she she sleeps with snakes, and she she poisons everyone. Poisons everyone. Like, oh fuck her. Like, definitely yeah, 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 somewhere. Like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I reckon yeah, they've yeah. they've sensate they've uh, sensationalized her role in it a lot. I reckon later mm. on, but she's definitely got a car, got a stick a, a stake in this. Like, if if Philip dies and Alexander becomes the top dog, like that works perfectly for what she wants. Mm. But yeah. if you think about it again, you've got the empire that's about to be invaded or is in the process of being invaded, the Persians. Like, they'd be mm. pretty happy to cut the head off this this snake before it jumps yeah. over. But it did, didn't really work out for them well, right? Because um, <laughs> they didn't really expect <laughs> yeah. Alexander yeah, yeah, to yeah. do what he did. We'll just, we'll just take the, you know, like wet blanket of a sun. He'll be way easier to deal with. <laughs> this guy's <laughs> easy for tantrums. Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll capitulate ever, yeah, ever, yeah. Uh, as long as he needs to do something. He's like oh what's that we've He's been no conquered Philip. oh shit yeah. yeah that's the problem like that tantrum led him all the way to India like that was a yeah, big yeah. tantrum <laughs> yeah that's it it's, um, yeah, and then it you think like about you... sorry you go what is sorry, it, Patrick. it sounds like Alexander might have like a proper complex with his dad like it almost seems like he his whole life was trying to live up to his dad's legacy and he might have had such a difficult relationship with his dad that I oh, can't yeah. I, I could so see him that him being involved especially of his mum is also there on this kind of camp within Macedonian culture that like they're on one side and they feel like they're being passed over. Oh, it's mm. it's very Game of Thronesy to be honest, and it's very oh, definitely it's, it's very cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then you've got like all the 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 Greek city states states, sorry, which are now living under yeah. Macedonian yoke. Like the think about the Athenians, the guys who were like, we love freedom. By the way, we're not free anymore. Mm. Or oh, I reckon we'll probably off the bloke who did who, who took away our freedom. Um, yeah, yeah, and then exactly. so you think about all those cities; they could all send daggers for him. Um, you've mm. got also uh, Philip's nobles, the guys who he's gradually taken their power away. They could yeah. be like, you know what, this guy's getting a bit too big for his britches. We need to go back to the good old days. We we we, we can kind of like mold his young son, his young eighteen-year-old or even like early twenties-year-old son. We can kind of mold mm. him to bring him back to the the fold, back to what we're used to. Um, so there's so many threads to this story that, yeah, you've got yeah. Porsanis, you've got the murderer, but there's so many things that sort of either don't add up or you go, that's pretty That's pretty on the nose. Like, what, yeah. what, what happens? Mm. Like, you got to think there's more people involved. It doesn't seem also that Porsanis would be that interested in killing Philip publicly. Like, yeah, I feel like that's for, what I was going to say. You know, yeah. his, his personal feelings, you know, his revenge tale would be, it would feel more private that he wants it. But it's these other powers who want a public killing. They want, mm. you know, Philip to be gone. In They don't want him to be died and then quietly taken care of off stage, quite literally. But, you know, they <laughs> yeah. want a big announcement, mm. especially as, I mean, I'm... I'm really leaning towards it being Alexander because yeah. I think, although we've, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think, I think the way we've been telling this is kind of like hating on him quite a bit. But I think oh, it's definitely, yeah, yeah. But you could kind of think that it's. I was thinking about it just then, actually. Um, you think you've got Alexander. He's got a lot to gain from this. And you think like of the Persians, because Alexander was a pretty political, politically minded, savvy guy as well. Persians mm. could be like, oh, we'll give you some money if Philip happens to die, but you've got to be nice to us. He's like, mm, mm. yeah, I'll be nice to you for a little bit. I'll take that coin and then I'm going to pretty much do what dad was going to do and come and get yeah, you. Yeah. So there's a lot of lot of things, especially about the time. Like we said about um, Pausanias' reaction. I, I read um, an interesting study about 
sort of um, uh, rape victims or sexual assault victims and how, um, you know, time, like we think, oh, time heals all wounds. Like, you know, if you're going to re- uh, retaliate, it's got to be straight away because it's still hot in your mind. But you think about like the, mm. the PTSD, that, uh, sorry, the PTSD that comes from uh, an attack like that and so that sticks and um, they were they were arguing that there's a lot of times where like sexual assault victims they maybe not repress it but it comes it, it never goes away and it may come mm. to a point years later where they're just like you know what I'm acting on it and yeah. um, so that's that's kind of, uh, that's a possible reason for why or to justify the it happened like eight years in the past but I, I, it just feels like uh, I think they've just gotten the dates or the different Pausanias is wrong, but um, yeah. you know when it, when it comes to sexual assault and pe- how people react and deal with it, I mean it's it happens. It could be really strange. So for it to happen in a public place like that, um, you know, it's not out of the, it's not out of the world. Like it can happen, yeah. but it's yeah. it's definitely a way that it lets the world know that Philip is dead and he died as a tyrant. Yeah. Like as a, as an yeah. autocrat, like he didn't. Oh, he caught the flu and and down he went, or he sprained his ankle. You're like, no, nah, he he's dead because a lot of people saw him. Well, get that's the, old the other thing because so. like in the ancient world, it wasn't like you had sort of fast moving news. So when everyone who's mm. anyone is in an amphitheater mm. looking down at the event, that news does not have to travel far. Everyone fucking saw it happen. So it's like, yeah, it's exactly. gonna have a massive impact. Like it's a proper electric shock rather than like weeks yeah. or months that it takes to get to Asia Minor or all the way back to Thrace or to Macedon. Mm. So yeah, that mm. yeah. it does seem it's almost like someone knew about this this rape and they manipulated him in a way that they mm. could use him at the right time, you know, like push him just yeah. enough at the right time to set him off. I don't a- know. Absolutely, cuz well you got all the guys like Attalus is uh one of Macedonia's top nobles. So he and him mm. and his mates, they're the they're the high movers in the court. Court we all know court gossip throughout the centuries, like word spreads and 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 essentially like, you know, you've you've had pardon me, you've had the assault, but also like they, they just make fun of him for it as well. Like, ha, I remember that time we all we all ganged you in the uh, in, mm. when you were drunk, like cop that. Like they it's it's people people know what happened yeah. to Pausanias yeah. and they attribute that. Yeah. But it's it's, it's, it's sad, kind of, but um, it's kind of it's, it's good yeah, motivation it's sad, for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a sad story it's for him. It's kind of and it, it's similar to what other stuff like Lee Harvey Oswald, and actually, and look at a few of the other stories, actually including the Vishkanya, where these powerful nobles use these kind of patsies to do mm. their dirty work mm. for them, and you know they don't want to get their hands dirty because they need to almost benefit and seem like you know benevolent rulers after the fact. So they get these quite commonly like troubled individuals. Um, it was, I think, the same for Gustav. The the guy they got to do the deed was a a war veteran. Could have had also could have had PTSD. Mm. You know, it's someone you can mm. control and manipulate, and you use their anger towards uh, this figurehead and like point yeah. it like a like a gun, like an arrow, like a long Definitely. spear at, at at your enemy, and you just use these people. So it's a kind of sad story that actually, in a lot of cases, the assassin is almost a, another victim. And is actually yeah and can be and yeah it's it was Absolutely. a weird way to look at it but yeah no I I completely agree it's like motivating or using the person's or the assassin's motive uh, personal motivations and personal mm. relationship with the deceased and just being like you know what I really want to get back at this guy and this guy's given this this person this guy this group whatever is giving me the the opportunity to do that and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get at him yeah exactly. 
exactly. Damn. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. so that uh, that that pretty much comes to the end of my uh, what seems like <laughs> the three hour essay. No, um, yeah. We just still still don't know. Still don't know who did it. There's no definitive answer. And there probably won't be because we just the, the way that history works and and writings and mm. scrolls and and all that it's it's we probably won't ever know who uh, was really dun, 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 dun behind the 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 assassination of Philip. But hey, it's wow. it's for good good talking. That's for sure. <laughs> no, it really yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, and I mean because you have that sort of that toxic mixture of personal and the political. What with the son, like Alexander's relationship, as well as all of those personal relationships that Philip must have had all the way through. And yet to still have the balls to go on stage without any armor in front of all those people <laughs> who might have a grudge against you. I mean, he's either really stupid or he's really cl- like, really like he has lots of uh, cojones to hold him together. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah just think exactly. I mean, and, yeah, with all his enemies and then, you know, the person he probably saw that the, you know, he's got all his enemies across the world and the person who kills him is his bodyguard and ex-lover someone who's very close to him and so who may have been a puppet of larger powers but in mm. that moment he thinks oh i can't imagine what would go through his head in that moment oh. that you know with he's, he's like he's yeah, survived he, all these battles and this is what brings him down exactly he's at he's at the zenith he's at the peak of his career and he's like mm. man i'm just about to go and achieve or at least undertake what the whole greek world uh would love in terms of like taking on yeah on 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 persia so and then it, oh, i've got a knife in me back like it's yeah, really yeah. actually when you think about it, incredibly theatrical it's like a mass it's like the odyssey or like or or the iliad mm-hmm. you've got this sort of sense of like tragedy right in the center of this main stage and it's literally happening on a stage as well it's really poetic irony there there's all sorts yeah. going on oh, absolutely really, really. yeah, yeah. And that's why I was like, then, oh, that's why I'm, I'm, I was thrilled to be able to talk to you, you guys about this. So I was like, ah, oh, this is this sounds amazing. Yeah, this is so, this is this yeah. is perfect for this. I can't believe we didn't do this. <laughs> we, we we need to step up our game well because this is a brilliant story. I mean, it's got the conspiracy, it's got uh, battles, it's got a conquering hero, and it's got a dumb preppy kid who takes over <laughs> from his father. <laughs> uh, it's got everything we want. Yeah. Well, seriously, thank you so much, Patrick, for coming on because that was incredible, and uh, we will be returning the favour, although probably not oh, as good as that. Thank you very much, Will and Patrick. <laughs> no, I, 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 I have no doubts that you're going to bring some awesome gold for us. If it's anything like what you guys have been covering, uh, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a ball. It's going to be great. Where can people find you? I assume you know it's podcasting. You can normally just search. Uh, a little history podcast. Oh yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Search uh, a little history podcast where uh, my host sites uh, on Podbean, uh, but also Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, I think we're on Alexa or something like that. Basically, search a little history uh, podcast, and we pop up. You see a little shirtless Poseidon with a pair of sunnies on. That's uh, that's my guy. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that little thing. That's well good. <laughs> All right. Well, fantastic. Thank you for everyone for uh, for listening. And and yeah, stay tuned. When we'll we'll let you know when we're we'll be taking a dive uh, on your podcast as well, and we'll let everyone, all our people know, and we can, 
if we can just bring all our audience together, we'll we'll oh. be worried about that. I mean, it's all the same people who just like listen to history podcasts. So, oh, it'll it'll be like the festival at Agi, but without any anybody's. No one's getting stabbed. Everyone's gonna have no. a great time. <laughs> it's gonna be just a big party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like a festival, and we'll you know we'll Im- invade Persia after as well. Classic. Oh, no, nice. that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. the whole reason for it, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening, guys, and uh, we'll see you oh, next. Thanks time. for having guys. Cheers. Cheers.